Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Orlando Soccer Show. It's been a whole month of uh, stuff happening uh, in Orlando City and Orlando Pride World, as well as OCB. Hey, yo! Hey, yo, indeed. Uh, I'm Austin David, joined by Brad Newton and Gavin Eubank, the usual crew. And yeah, uh, I've been abroad for a month, so we haven't really recorded, and now I'm back, and here we are recording. So there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of stuff to catch up on. We're not going to go into too much detail about everything, because that would take forever. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through everything, kind of just in a general sense. from just basically, shotgun blast. Yeah, de- December 10th, 2021, till now, being... January 17th, 2022, and I gotta just ripsaw through everything that's happened, focus on some of the bigger things that have happened, and uh, take us into preseason, which starts tomorrow. Austin, before so we get first started, of all, gentlemen, um, but you just came back from England, um, come on, be honest with us, she's dead, right? The Queen's not alive, right? No, she's, she's definitely alive. You saw her with your eyes? I saw her on television. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is it her, or is it an animatronic that Prince Andrew is operating to uh, abstain his guilt? <laughs> well, Prince Andrew got all of his uh, all of his stuff revoked. <clears throat> yeah, like... which which hey, guess what? It's a good it's a good law it's a good ploy to uh, keep yourself from just being like okay okay I'll I'll give up all my other stuff just don't uh, don't put me under the jail. You mean the secret jail? Yeah. London Tower. Uh, yeah. Well, yep. no, the, the one that's secret. I mean, ne- never mind. Don't, don't don't worry about it. Anyways. Hey, uh, first off, guys, before we get into Orlando City and Pride stuff, Prince Andrew, how are get you doing? extraordinarily rendition to a CIA All right. Enough, enough Prince Andrew. <laughs> God. Austin, why are you uh, really trying to hush us off this subject here? What's uh, what's going on with that? Because we're, we're doing that thing that we always do. That we just go off Austin on random Austin went to tangents. the Boris Johnson School of PR crisis Jeez. management, apparently, over here. <laughs> okay, moving on. Perfect. I'm not even going to ask you guys how you're doing now. You know, you've just ruined it. It's, it's fine. Uh, I, I'm actually um, doing great. You know, two hours ago, Everton, <laughs> Everton sacked Rafa Fraud Benitez after he's gutted our club. So, you know, having a good time. Everton currently, announced Mikel Arteta. Yeah, currently uh, surviving winter snowstorm number two of the year over here. So. Fucking thing sucks! Yeah. It's just awesome. So it's such is life. All right, yep. so, guys, let's um, let's talk here. Starting from December 10th, things that have happened. Orlando City announced their regular season schedule on December 15th. And uh, we're going to spend more time on the actual schedule later on as it comes closer to the season. But the one thing I do want to talk about is, once again, Orlando City is hosting the first game of the season for the eighth straight year. This time, they'll be playing a new opponent, though, that's not Atlanta, D.C., or New York City FC, which seem to be the three that they usually play, and RSL for that one year. Now, it's Club de Foot Montreal. RSL twice. Yes, RSL twice. That is correct. DC that one time. Uh, but Club de Foot is the new team, and this time it's not an evening game. 
Well, actually, most of them have been afternoon games. This time it's a one o'clock kickoff. So a bit of an early start for Yikes. this game. But end of February shouldn't be too blazingly hot. Shouldn't so at least be, there's that. But uh, I'm just going to gesture at everything that's going on with the current state of the planet and be like, oh, yeah, it'll probably be pretty warm. Yes. Yes. Um, there, There's a few early afternoon kickoffs, um, which, yeah, I don't know how hot it's going to be. They're playing the Red Bulls at three in April. Hear me um, out. <clears throat> Hear me out. Mm-hmm. The Wolves' other pro team plays in a dome. Yeah. Why not build a dome over Exploria Stadium? Uh, or at least, good. like... It's going to have to happen eventually. Yeah. Or at least, like, yeah, eventually... Once the it, heat also, the universe comes to claim us all, we'll have to build a Well, dome. I mean, before that, it'll have to be waterproof, too. Mm. So... Uh, there might be some there might be some logistical issues there but um it's also got to be hurricane proof yeah yeah if you're talking like the loki scenario where like five hurricanes hit orlando all at once yeah i mean that's distinctly possible yeah at yeah. some point they're going to have to do what they're doing in cutter and and put those like big ass acs all around the stadium in a stadium that you can also it's just mostly made out of shipping containers that you can then just yes. move in and out yes even well, that's going to be when Miami moves their stadium next door because they're going to get flooded out first. Yeah, um, it's so going to be... take over the, the empty lot and then build their stadium there. I do think it's smart that they're putting pontoons around their stadium so that it will yeah. float. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is an interesting idea considering that NYCFC is also going to have to do the same thing on the Hudson um, to finally get a stadium in the city. Yeah. Have so. they, has has NYCFC considered just finding whoever built La uh, Bombonera and doing that? That's a good point. It's uh, Bombonera is the FIFA minimum size of a pitch, and yet its capacity is larger than that of Anfield's by like two or three thousand people, I think. Hmm. There you go. There's your. There's your. Inspector Brad, fun fact of the day. We always appreciate those fun facts. Like I said, we'll get into the regular season a little bit later, but point of the matter is February 27th is when things kick off. However, in leading up to that, preseason, starting Tuesday, January 18th, they're playing seven preseason scrimmages, all against teams uh, that will be closed door. Five of them MLS teams, two of them USL Championship teams, and all of them, except for one, have ties to Orlando in one way or another. So very quickly, we'll just kind of go through who they're going to be playing. Uh, The first game, which is January 23rd, they're playing MLS team to be announced. I heard those guys are pretty good. It'll it'll probably be whatever team just happens to be in Orlando for preseason. Yeah, probably like the Red Bulls yeah. or something like that. They're usually in, down here for preseason. Uh, outside of that, February 23rd, they're playing Adrian Heath's Minnesota United. Then two days after that, they'll be playing Oscar Preja's former team in FC Dallas. 
Week after that, they'll be playing Oscar Breja's other former team in the Colorado Rapids. February 16th, they'll be playing the newly appointed Anthony Pulis-led Miami FC. Two days after that, they'll be playing FC Cincinnati. Then the next day, they will be playing the Tampa Bay Rowdies, the runner-ups in the USL Championship playoffs. And that will be the last preseason scrimmage before they open up the season a week later. So kind and, of a fun um, little most importantly, smattering of teams. Uh, most importantly, all these games matter. Keep every result like it's life or death. Uh, that's depending if the results actually get announced, because sometimes they don't. Unless they lose to the Rowdies, in which case it's a fake game, illegitimate, didn't count. There you go. There we go. That, yeah, I mean, the results have usually been announced by the other team. Yes. Although sometimes both teams come to an agreement to say, we're not saying anything about this game. Yeah. That is a Work potential. Just just going to put that out there. So that's preseason and regular season. Like I said, we'll get into the regular season schedule later on. First off, though, let's talk about some of the roster moves that Orlando City have made over the course of the last month. They re-signed Mauricio Pereira to a designated player contract for an, a, one more year. Thoughts? Um, I mean, I guess. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm a bit surprised that it's a designated player contract. Obviously, he was pretty well above the TAM threshold the last couple of years. Um, but, I mean, listen, you know, he was a very important piece for the team in 2020 when he was on and he's healthy and he's very productive. Obviously, last year was not very good, but you could say that for a lot of the team. A lot of the team was just not where we expect them to be. So why not give it one more go, see what you can get out of it. And, you know, if things aren't going so well in the summer, there's, you know, there's a window to fix it. Yep. And there's still time for them to sign some other players. They've got two designated player slots open mm-hmm. but when you're signing a player to a designated player contract especially re-signing a player to that you're hoping for better production last year he scored a goal now he's not necessarily the goal scoring pl- type of player you know he's he's the assist guy he sets everyone up mm-hmm. uh who is currently on the roster that he can set up that will score goals yeah, and I mean, and that's part of the thing, too, is you had Daryl DK was gone for half the season, and, mm-hmm. you know, then he was had his times with the national team, and around him, Chris Mueller wasn't playing very well, you know, and it, it, there was just, like I said, it, I don't necessarily hold 2021 as, the sta- as, as what we expect from him. We obviously expect to hire from him, um, so... Time will tell. Time will tell what uh, what is put around him because now that Daryl DK is gone, Chris Miller's gone, Nani is gone. In. The entire yeah, fr- the entire gone. starting front three is yeah. gone. <laughs> and to date, they've only signed one attacking player. So like actually we'll confirmed to have signed one. Yes. Yeah, and exactly. that's not actually now, signing a new player. That's just re-signing a player. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry. The other the, player the they signed was a defensive mid guy. Cesar, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. he's a DM. So. And he's only 20. Yes. Uh, lots to be desired from the attacking aspect of things because, mm-hmm. well, if if Alexander Pato, and I guess we'll talk about him since we kind of mentioned him, uh, he is re-signed for one more year. 
he didn't play very much last year due to a, a, a smattering of injuries. And, you know, there's a lot of questions to be asked about him right now. Will he stay healthy? Will he be productive? Do you do you guys feel that it's worth one more year to give him a chance to prove himself? Yeah, I mean, we're kind of at the same spot where we were when they signed him in the first place. And mm-hmm. I was like, all right, well, he's not he's well past his prime. He's not lighting it up. What what hurt does it do to bring him in in a one year deal? I will say, it's kind of I don't know if it's shocking, but I'm very surprised that as we sit here today. On Sunday, the players are reporting to preseason. They're you know doing their physicals and whatnot, and we still, I don't think we have any answered questions about this team. Like everything is so up in the air right now. Like if you were to ask me, Everywhere. if this team is better off or worse off than they were at the end of last season, yeah. I would say they're worse off currently, just based on yeah. the state of what the squad's makeup looks like. And that's only, and I and I agree with that. And that's only because I can't say that they're better off. You know, like the, the only option there is to say, yeah, this team might be a little bit worse off. The only solidified position that I have no questions about is goalkeeper. That's it. Yeah, they have Pedro Galese, who's working on a new contract with Orlando City because his expires at the end of this next coming year. Um, they also have Adam Grinwis still with the team. And Mason Stadahar, who showed last year that he is capable of playing in MLS. Especially, you know, after waiting for so long to be able to get to that. So, like you said, goalkeeper position, pretty locked down for now. Everywhere else, I don't know. There, there's, Everywhere there's... else outside of center back, too. I guess that you know, yeah. was the answer. Well, I think, I think there were problems there. last year when you started to run into... Uh, issues where one player was suspended and then they didn't have a backup center back. I think they need one more oh, depth reliable wise, center back. Depth-wise, yes. yes. Starting-wise, I'm no. comfortable with the starters. Yes. Behind them is where we obviously, you know, it wasn't even last year. I mean, this team's always, feels like for its history in Major League Soccer, it's always kind of struggled with having good depth, not just at center back, but on the back line in general. Yeah. It's 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 hard to to build depth when you're trying to build out a starting squad and then the starting squad doesn't yeah. do well, then the depth doesn't do well. And, you know, prior to 2020, mm-hmm. it was kind of the case. Now they've started yeah. to build some consistency. They've kept the players on for the last couple years that have gotten them to the playoffs for two years in a row. And there's something that they can build off of. Antonio Carlos had a resurgent season last year. He was arguably one of the best center backs in the league for a period of time. And then he kind of started tailing off towards the end of the season as did a lot of the team to be fair but if he can recapture that form that he had beginning middle of the year i think they'll be all right they just need somebody behind him and robin jansen and rodrigo schlegel just in case somebody that they can rely on or just have because even 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 having rio hope gunned on the roster he didn't play and now he's he's not on the team anymore Right. Well, yeah. At least here's, for now. Um, so, have they announced what they're actually doing with OCB yet? No, th- there has been no announcement whatsoever when it comes and, to what they're doing with that. And that's probably largely because the roster rules for that league haven't even been finalized yet. I imagine, which hopefully should be in the coming weeks. Um, Jeff Ruder at the Athletic 
put out what a lot of ha- what's happening um, with that. The, the rules are coming together. So I would think at that point, maybe we'll start to see all the signings or the players that we expect to be brought in that fold. But, you know, you mentioned all these things going back to the center backs and everything. It does seem not good that a lot of Orlando City's success depends on players, the key players, staying healthy because behind them, you don't know, like there's just too many question marks. And the difference between them and a team like Seattle or like teams like New York is they have the depth to cover those losses. I don't, you know, Orlando does not. And that's concerning. So but a lot mm. of what I'm hearing is go after Jesse Lingard. <laughs> Can't hurt. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Hearing, I mean, I'm, I'm hearing any people, player is better than no player. I'm hearing people talk about it, and by that many I mean, I, saying. and by that I mean, I just kind of looked up who was on an expiring contract and threw the name out there. <laughs> that's all. I mean, that's what we do on this show is, is we look up random players who are expiring contracts and say, yeah, he could work. You uh-huh. know, I'm surprised that Orlando didn't go after Albert Rusnak. Uh, you know who else is on an expiring contract and is is an American player playing in Europe and would actually fit exactly the, the role that Austin was saying. Hmm. John Anthony Brooks. I feel like he'd, he'd garner too much money coming over here to be a backup center back. Well, right. He would, but if you have two center backs that I mean, if they want to play a three back, yeah, if they want to play a three back, but here's the thing. I mean, you could, you could rotate either Robin Johnson or Antonio Carlos in and out of there. I mean, Robin Johnson, he's, uh, he's 30. He's yeah. I I don't know. Uh, I feel like that's probably going to be, that role is going to be filled by somebody young and cheap. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, you're, you're probably way more right there. Um, like it, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to get a guy who is of, uh, about equivalent age to come in there and, and do that. So, right. Kyle Laird's also on an expiring contract, so he's going somewhere better. <laughs> I don't can, think he's can, coming back to Orlando. <laughs> we could, we could start that up. Good God. I say not in a world cup year. Is he coming back to Orlando? <laughs> Uh, 32-year-old Felipe for Atletico Madrid as on an expiring contract. I think let's just move on uh, to some of the other players that Orlando City have and don't have anymore. So continuing the trend of continuing the trend of uh, what they've done since we last recorded, uh, they signed Juan to a new contract, and I can hear Brad sighing in the background. 26 years old. He's been consistent in terms of starting. Um, he Defensive is a threat attacking down the line with his speed. His crossing ability is it's, it's all gas, no brakes. You remember the yeah. guy, and you remember the 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 one guy in Mighty Ducks two, who was the player from Miami who like didn't know how to stop. It would just like crash into the boards, and that was his whole problem. Yeah, that's who on. Yeah, that's who on. Like cannot play defense. I'm gonna put and just yeah can't. I'm gonna put him in the same category of 
let's hope 2021 was a fluke. Because he was good. He was really good before then. Was he, though? I mean, prior prior to last season, last there year. wouldn't have been groans at him being re-signed. Last year, he actually... He actually approved over 2020, but again, 2020 is also a garbage year that didn't count. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, statistically speaking, so for who for Huan, since he has been in Orlando when he signed in 2019, he's played 70 games, 62 of them being starts. He's got 13 assists, uh, and he scored two goals this past year, which he's never done before. Statistically speaking, he's actually done better than his previous years because he had six goal contributions this year compared to four in 2020 and five in 2019. Uh, Just don't look at what happens defensively. was obviously, I was going to say, significantly less games in 2020. Actually, he played the same amount of games in 2020. He started the same amount of games in 2021 that he played in 2020. All right. Well, I stand corrected. Yeah, because... He gets injured and suspended and, and such. So every he's played 25 games is the most he's and ever played. Such. And that was 2019. He played 24 in 2021 and 21 in 2020. So he's fairly consistent when it comes to how many games he plays per season. You, you're, you're basically getting about 23 to 25 games out of him. Out of a, what, 32-game season? 34. Oh, yeah. brother, this guy stinks! <laughs> All right, enough of Huan. Uh, he's, besides him signing a new two-year contract with an option for a third year, he's back with the team, and that's a, not a position that they necessarily have to go looking for because they have him and Kyle Smith as his reserve. Left back, different story. They have Jean Moutinho, but there's there's nobody else now. There There is no other left back. Yeah, um, yeah and that seems to be a problem. Yeah. It is. Oh, it is. Especially right. given everything about Yalmatino. And I mean everything about Yalmatino. <laughs> everything. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll see what they end up doing with that left back position. Um, there is a potential for one of their draftees to actually play in that spot. But uh, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to the draft. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! We're into January of 2022 now. On New Year's Day, Orlando City announced the permanent transfer of Daryl DK to championship side West Bromwich Albion. Goodbye, As of reports, they got about $10 million out of him for that transfer. Maybe nine and a half, I think, is what the, the reports said. Um, there's also a 20% sell-on clause in the contract that they signed so that if he is sold by West Brom, they get a percentage. And um, that ends the glorious tenure of Daryl DK in Orlando. Yeah, I mean, you know, I will say the whole thing, hmm, it kind of felt underwhelming. I mean, like we knew that this was going to happen. I don't think anyone saw the championship side, especially a team like West Brom. Mm. But, I mean, if you're Daryl, you're going into a position where, you know, You'd probably rather be, as opposed to being on a bottom half Premier League team, where maybe you're not even a starting player or you're a role player. He's going to West Brom where now he is going to be 
first of all, he's played with this coach. This was the coach at Barnsley that the coach uh, that might be fired so soon the, because they're dropping results well, and can't score. Well, that so there's familiarity <laughs> in that part, but he's coming to a team now where he's one of the biggest transfers. You know, teams in the in the championship don't just make ten million dollar transfers unless the the player that they that they're getting is they rate very highly. And now they're in a, a championship fight where they're they're fighting. Uh, they're still in a playoff spot, I think, right? Or at least they were when they signed them. Yeah, no, they are. Um, it's on him. <laughs> the expectations on Daryl are going to be very high. And you know, if you're a player, especially in a World Cup year where you really want to go out there and impress Greg Berhalter. The opportunity to be a hero for that team, get them promoted, and next year you're in the Premier League, the really big opportunity. So, I mean, I would knock it just because of the level and the team that he's with. You know, like some people are, this is this is a really big opportunity for Daryl, and I have no doubt that he's going to go over there and, and kill it in some form. They did lose a, a really boring match to uh, QPR. Yeah, he came in, he did his thing, didn't score, and then, was it Charlie Austin scored the game winner in, like, the 90th minute? It, yeah. The Athletic did a profile on him. Let me see. There was a quote. It started off with, like, a, a message that someone got from While fans. While Gavin looks that up, I'm just going to I'm just gonna give you my thoughts on Derek uh, case departure. Yes, go. Uh, through, through the lens of uh, the poets uh, Emma Bunton, Melanie Chisholm, Victoria Beckham, Melanie Brown... Um, goodbye, my friend. I know you're gone. You said you're gone, but I can still feel you here. It's not the end. Gotta keep it strong before the pain turns into fear. So glad we made it. Time will never change it. No, no, no. No, no. No, no. You know it's time to say goodbye. And it was time for Daryl DK to say goodbye uh, as he's off to a bigger, bigger place. Yeah. It's, um... The quote from a fan was, feels like people are not only expecting him to sort out the goals, but also the traffic outside the ground, COVID, Boris Johnson, and Brexit. <laughs> In case you're wondering how West Brom fans feel of their new $10 million player. Yep, that sounds about right. Or seven, sort, $7 million. Sort this pounds, out, Daryl. The... Yeah. So when they sell him on to, oh, I don't know, let's say Leeds <laughs> in two years. In Orlando City, get like ten million for him. We'll see what happens. That's fair. Yeah. Well, if they if they get that ten million plus the ten million they already got, that's your twenty million, guys. They did it. <laughs> you know. I'm just trying. I'm just I'm looking just, into the future. There's, there's the uh, there's the uh, uh, the the George Bush mission accomplished banner that just dropped right behind me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, Daryl DK is, in fact, gone, and uh, so go with him all of his goal productions. 18 goals in 35 games, well, 19 and 36 if you count the playoff game. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Still, that's that's a lot of goal no, production. No pressure, uh, Jacqueline. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, there was supposedly pressure on Derek Dodson when he came uh, as a draftee, and he's not with the team anymore. But so, here's the but 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 here's the thing, right? Permanently or just for the moment? I think it's I think it's like Don't a stealth, yet. like I think it's like a stealth, like not with the team. Like uh, they're like, hey, dude, we get we gotta like take you off of City's books so we could put you on OCB's books, but we just don't know the rules about that yet. So 
Well, him and Rio Hope Gund are the only two that have really not signed with anybody. Uh, David Luera signed with San Antonio. Uh, Raul Aguilera has signed with Indy. So, like, they're going. You know, oh, the, yeah. the, and those guys are gone. I think it's one of those things where, like, if the if the club sort of was like, hey, if there's an opportunity that you guys want to pursue while we're figuring this out, go for it. But otherwise, like, if you're here, you're here. Yeah. I would say that's that's about right. Okay, uh, let's round out some Orlando City stuff because there's a lot of pride stuff to talk about, you guys. Um, we already talked about Pato. Let's talk about Cesar Araujo, 20-year-old midfielder who is joining from Montevideo in Uruguay. Araujo. Yes, the American way of pronouncing Araujo. it. Well done, Gavin. Um, Araujo. He has been signed to the U-22 initiative on a three-year contract with a club option in 2025. He only turned professional in 2019, so he's only been a pro for a couple years. But he plays as a number six, kind of a a mix of a Sebas Mendez, Uri Rossell, you know, uh, more of a box-to-box midfielder, if anything, but... Which is good because Uri is not with the club anymore. Correct. So. He is signed with Sporting Kansas City again. Back back to his uh, his spiritual home. Yeah, good depth signing. Good good pl- good young player. I mean, if he to learn behind these guys, these very high caliber guys that play his similar role, you know that Andres Pereira there as well. He'll, he'll fit in quite nicely here. It seems like a kind of uh, signing that fits right up the Muzi, uh, Marrera, Pereira, Pereja, uh, Alley. Yep. And uh, one thing that I wanted to note is that Luis Muzi did say after the draft that a lot of their new signings and picks would fit the new system that they're trying to invoke into the team. So you may see a very different look to Orlando City in some of these matches coming up this year. I think they're trying to change it up. They're not necessarily doing the same thing that they've done last year because it got very uh, predictable and a lot of teams were able to plan for it. So I think changing things up and trying to be a bit more tactically flexible, you may see uh, more midfielders in the match at one time. You may see, uh, you know, a, a three back and like five in the midfield with two up front. I don't know. There's a lot that could Which, happen, and you might see a lot more of Cesar Araujo playing. Also, because Sebas Mendes is probably going to get called up for the national team quite a bit. So there is there is potential for him to play more as the season goes on. But again, he's only 20 yeah, years old. Yeah. He's only been a pro for two years. He is a future signing not necessarily one that will play out. Although we say that now, he could be the starter day one. Who knows? Never know how injuries happen with this team. Yeah. I will say, I mean, that is a good point. And you got to see how this team kind of fills out as far as the attacking depth goes, because right now they don't have any. So that could be a thing where they have to flood the field with midfielders and try to play long balls to Pato, see what happens there. Yeah, I'm sure that'll work out well. Uh, okay. Pato and Tesho. Yeah. Last couple things for Orlando City. We'll breeze through very quickly. Super draft. It happened. Uh, they've picked three players. Jack Lynn from the University of Notre Dame with the 18th overall pick. 
uh, Nathan Dos Santos from National Championship Marshall University. And that was with the 46th pick. The final pick that they had was 74th overall. And that was Nick Taylor from good old UCF right here in Orlando's backyard. So uh, very quickly, we're just going to kind of talk about each of the players and what they bring to the table. Uh, Jack Lynn was a star player for Notre Dame. Uh, statistically speaking, he was a four-year player, um, didn't get any starts until 1920, scored 31 goals in 79 games, uh, not much of an assist guy. He was more of the target forward, um, but he puts the ball in the back of the net, and uh, finding players that can do that consistently is sometimes can be hard. How he will translate to the pro game is to be determined, but He's 6'2", he's 190 pounds, time will tell. So Um, he's a dude. He's a dude. This is correct. Uh, Nathan Dos Santos, who, as I mentioned kind of a bit earlier in the show, he's a player that could play center back in a three-back setting. He can play left back. One of the things that Luis Muzi said uh, about him was that, and let me pull up the quote here very quickly, Nathan is very technical. We think he can play in different positions in the back line and different formations. We think him being used in a system that we could end up playing this year can help. So that was the quote that I had mentioned earlier of what um, Muzi said about playing a different system. A very interesting player. Again, he played for a national championship team in Marshall University. I think that there's a there's a potential for him to make it with the team. I don't know how much he'd ever play. But again, him being flexible with being a center back slash left back, I think could lead him to be more like a Kamal Miller, where they transfer him out to the wide position. Yeah, um, He Alex is a bit undersized for a center back as well. He's only 5'11". Which, I mean... If if you're looking for that depth center back, I mean that there's your guy. Be, there's your guy. Yeah. So um, here's the other thing though. He is he's Canadian. So oh, okay. does he so, take yeah. up does he take a place in the international spot? Huh. Um. That's something I'll have to reach out to the team about um, once season well, starts up. Well, that's the thing. If they sign him to an OCB contract and they loan him up. He'd still, I, I, I don't know if that works like that. I, Cause I don't know how it'll work. I don't think they can loan up. Well, I guess they could. He's a Canadian, but they, does he not? I mean, he went to college here. Does he not have that doesn't, that doesn't, citizenship doesn't, status? That doesn't or? Don't know. If he has a visa. It, yeah. If you're on a student visa, that's one thing, but yeah. now that, now that he's a professional player in the U.S., he'd have to apply for a separate visa. So, um, correct. Or well, I mean, the team, the team would do card, that. So. The team would do that. And and from what I've heard, oh, he does have Canadian citizenship. Yes. Um, I don't remember what the rules are with Canadian. I don't. I think they do count as internationals. Yeah, I have to I look that up. I think they do. Um, I, I will say though, when it comes to a lot of the green cards, there are probably going to be some delays with COVID. Uh, from yeah. what I've been hearing from the club, there are probably going to be a lot of players that will be showing up late to camp. 
So not everyone will be there starting on Tuesday. Um, so that they includes already, some so they new signings. Don't have a like a big squad to begin with, a very deep squad, and now they're going to have even less players available for camp to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His life in the area of COVID. Such is life. And, um, you know, that's it is what it is. So anyways, back back to the draft picks. Talked about Dos Santos. Let's talk about Nick Taylor. I got to watch him extensively because I called games for UCF for ESPN. And the kid's good. The kid's good. He's UCF was his third school that he transferred to. New Mexico to SMU to UCF. You know, looking at that on paper, you're like, ah, well, this, you know, this he didn't really fit anywhere. But honestly, like, he's he was good, and he's very versatile. He played left wing back in SMU, where he was previously. He played in New, New Mexico and played kind of left mid. He's got a great left foot. But the reason he ended up coming to UCF, funny enough, was his coach at New Mexico became the assistant at UCF. So after his senior year at SMU, because of COVID, he got one more year and decided to go to uh, SMU's biggest rival in terms of soccer, and that is UCF, uh, of all things. And You know, that historic UCF-SMU rival. Yes. Uh, With his time at UCF, he was able to uh, only score three goals, but he had nine assists. Like I said, he's got a good left foot. Uh, it was an up-and-down year for UCF, but he made the most of it. He had three assists against Memphis uh, in one game. And he missed some time uh, with injury. But I think he could be a good player. I don't know if he... like Again, those late draft picks don't necessarily make the team. They're more an OCB signing, but who knows? Who knows? I think that he, he, if he proves himself in camp, they they are kind of lacking in terms of depth at left mid and left wing. Now that Nani is gone, depending on who they start there and who they have as backup, he could find himself a spot on this roster. And that is it for the uh, MLS Super Draft. Last thing. Luis Muzi and Ricardo Moreira. Extensions for the both of them. So not only did they get extensions, but they also got new titles. Woo. So. Allegedly. Yeah. Uh, Luis Muzi, executive vice president of soccer operations, has been added as the general manager. So he is now both the EVP and the GM. While Ricardo Moreira, who was the assistant GM, is also now the club's technical director. So um, whatever any of this means for how the inner workings of the club change, we don't know. It's just more for money. As far it's, as we know, it's more money. They got a pay raise, basically. Yeah, yeah. They, the added title gets them more money and also a new contract. So they are remaining with Orlando City for the uh, immediate future. Uh, there was no official was length of time. Doubt. Yeah. I mean, there was a little bit of doubt because when you bring well, Gavin, when you bring in new owners. They want to imprint well, their stuff on their own club, right? Yes, but prior to Pereja being capped, there was there was a little bit of doubt at the end of the season when we were all wondering if the team would flame out and maybe the coaching staff would change. At that point, it would make sense, but with Pereira staying, I had no doubt at that point that Muzi and Marrera would be here as well. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. All right, 
because both of those guys were uh, coming into contract years at the end of last year. Yes. Oh, I like that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I believe Pereira, Pereja is through this season. He hasn't been extended, right? No, no. I think they're probably going to wait until the end okay, of the so year. This is Pereja. This is this is his contract final year. year on his contract. Oscar yes. Pereja contract year. Let's see how it all plays out. Outside of all of the stuff that Orlando City has done, I want to talk about very quickly where other players have gone. I already mentioned how Raul Aguilera's went to Indy and how David Loera has gone to San Antonio. Uh, Nani has gone to Venezia in Serie A in Italy. And, well, heck, in his first game, he came on as a sub and had an assist a minute later. So already making an impact for his uh, new Italian side. Yeah, early season Nani very productive late season um well this is this is like he's had a two-month break nani yeah yeah well yeah that's the thing right is that early season and he's had rest so okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much technically not early season for syria though it's like mid-season so right it's early season for him it's early this season is like this him. is when he'd start the season yeah this is which is great because for them like by the time he's going to hit his like annual decline is when Syria season's over. So what do they care at that point? Exactly. <laughs> All right. Last couple things from Orlando City. Then we'll that, move on to the, the pride. They're the, they're the cool shirt club for yeah, those. Of that you is who, yeah. That is true. Um, <clears throat> a, a Nani. What's what's he? What get. shirt is he wearing? Number eleven, I think. Or twenty. If they, if they gave him a number in the tens, that'd be surprising. Um, yeah, I think he's number twenty, if I yeah. remember right. Anyway, last couple things for Orlando City. Um, Eric Ustruck, who was formerly the MLS Director of Soccer Operations for Orlando City. He was also the Orlando Pride GM for a time. He was also a multitude of different things for Orlando City, including a player in the USL era. Uh, he left the club back in August. I completely forgot to say anything about that when I found out in November. But here we are now saying that on the show. Uh, he was one of the last originals to remain in the front office, um, but now he has gone ahead and moved on to a place called Aventus Health, where he's the director of business development. So no longer in soccer. Outside of that, Dom Dwyer, free agent. Uh, Toronto was so adamant about not keeping him, they traded him to FC Dallas for them to release him. And basically buy him out. Oof. Yeah, so I think the way that that works is that you get one buyout per offseason, and there's a lot of talk of them possibly buying out Josie. So yeah, well, they, well, Toronto didn't to do that. So it is just a funny. A f- well, Toronto had to because no, 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 they, they bought they, Dom out. They, they didn't can't buy, buy someone else out. They didn't. Yeah, they. That's why they traded him to Dallas to buy him out. Right. Right. But Toronto had to trade their first round pick which was the third overall in this uh, most recent draft and the rights to Dom Dwyer. And in return, they got $50,000 in GAM. So basically, Dallas was like, yeah, you just take our pick and take Dom and, you know, we'll, we'll call it a day. Love it. So Dom Dwyer, free agent. Where is he to next? Is he going to stay in MLS? Is I... he going to go to USL Championship? Who knows? You know, Orlando needs some forward. Oh, don't start it. The man has the man hasn't scored a goal in two years, dude. Let's do this. Let's do this. Yeah, let's do this. Let's move on. 
from Orlando City to Orlando Pride. Yeah, there's, a, there's a lot going on there, guys. There's a lot going on there. So, first off. Get some help. First off with Orlando Pride. Let's take it all the way back into December and talk about some of the moves that they made before the NWSL draft. They traded Alex Morgan, as we've kind of mentioned. She she has gone uh, to San Diego for Angara James. And also the Pride got $275,000 in allocation money. Now, the reason Angara James is notable is she is the fiancé of Amy Turner, the center back for the Orlando Pride. So um, they trade uh, one couple and get another couple in return, I guess, in terms of Ali and Ash. And now they have Angarad and Amy. So First you trade two A's for two A's. Alex. Hello there. It started with Alex and Servando. Then it turned into Ali and Ash, Dom and Sid, and now these girls. Well, also Aaron, wow. Aaron McLeod, and Gunny. They're still together. Who? Woso expert, Gavin Eubank. Oh, boy. <laughs> Aaron McLeod, current starting goalkeeper for okay. the Orlando Pride. Yes. And yes. Gunny Young's daughter, midfielder. Oh. Yep. Yeah, that's the first I've heard of that name. Wow. So. Good, good job, Gavin. <laughs> Shut down. Shut it down. Uh, also, Stop. in trade news, we're going to move on so Gavin doesn't continue embarrassing himself. We're going to get we're gonna get angry mentions any second now, even while we're recording this. They know. They, they can sense it. It's true. They can. All right. Uh, the Pride traded Brittany Wilson, who was a young up-and-coming keeper for the Orlando Pride. They traded her to Angel City to uh, basically say, don't pick our players. So instead of picking Brittany Wilson, they traded Brittany Wilson and they got a fourth round pick in 2023 out of it for the uh, MLS or the NWSL draft. So Brittany Wilson uh, gone. You guys silly. Uh, I'm still going to send it. Which means Aaron McLeod is currently the starting keeper. And uh, Kaylee Collins, who was a draftee from USC, is the backup. And that's their two current goalkeepers on roster. Outside of all of that, someone other than uh, uh, Ashton Harris starting. You're not Peter Parker. (laughs) You're you're not Peter Parker. Other than that, Claire Emsley, uh, her rights got picked by Angel City. Yeah, good luck with that. That 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 was not a player currently on the roster by Orlando, but it was a player rights being held by Orlando. So technically, a player that was picked by from Orlando. Uh, in the expansion, yeah, which draft. like technically didn't, wouldn't that mean or uh, Angel City went back on their like word then? No, because I think it was probably saying current player, not rights to a player that they weren't necessarily going to sign anytime soon. Orlando, Orlando loves this to bozo hold the over to here and have them taken an expansion Listen, draft. I'm just saying we've already Take seen the Angel City abuse uh, roster rules and tampering at least a couple times already so i'm not putting it past them to you know make a make a underhanded move like that yeah i mean when you've got 700 owners it's kind of hard to get uh, 699 actually because amanda cromwell had to uh sell true. her rights so not as many as before uh-huh. um 
Also, when it comes to the expansion draft, Danny Weatherholt, former Pride player, got picked up by Angel City FC, as well as Jasmine Spencer. So three former Pride players heading to Los Angeles. Kind of interesting. Cool. Right. Cool, Outside man. of all of those moves from the expansion draft and the uh, days before the actual draft, the Pride had a bit of a <clears throat> mixed bag when it comes to the NWSL draft. They drafted well, um, but what came after the draft probably uh, knocks that down a little bit. So let's start with the very beginning, and then we'll talk about what... I'm pissed draft. now! With the 10th pick overall... Sorry, the fifth pick overall, that's what I meant to say. Mia official out of UCLA, was picked by the Orlando Pride. Amanda Cromwell Fatality. just finished coaching Mia official at UCLA a few weeks ago, and they're reunited. Great story overall. Mia official, great goal scorer. However, a couple weeks after, into January, Mia official signs in Mexico for Tigres. Fucking thing sucks! Yep. And so, as of right now, uh, the Orlando Pride do not have their top draft pick. Uh, they do hold the rights to her for the NWSL. But if she doesn't join the Pride by 2023, they don't hold her rights anymore. So, um, what looked to have been a slam dunk pick turns into not. And from what I heard, it came down to money. Tigres was willing to offer more money than the Pride could, and she chose that. And this is almost a wake-up call for NWSL in general because I think they probably assumed, you know, you get drafted, you sign with us, that kind of thing. Like, there's no other option, but there is. There are other options, and me official found it. Uh, yeah, I mean, when you think about the problems that the league is dealing with, not even regarding on field. It's not good. Like the NWSL is is kind of thought of itself as the league, but the way that it's conducted itself over the last few years has been anything but. And now players are starting to take their talents elsewhere. I mean, we saw that big exodus of players to um, the women's super league the last couple of years. We're seeing this now, top prospects in the draft are not coming to the NWSL. The league's got a lot, a lot to work on there. The the this difference is, this is should not be the case. And no disrespect to Mexico, they've got a budding league of their own, and they're doing well in their regards to building something down there. But the NWSL should not be losing players to lesser leagues with far less investment, like Mexico. I mean, over the difference money. is in in a case like Daniel Castellanos, who was probably the highest ranked prospect coming out of college her her senior year i think she made it pretty well known that she was not going to be going to nwsl well before the draft so i don't even think any teams even attempted to sign her because in 2020 she just went straight to at the atletico madrid um but Mm -hmm. this is really like the first case where like a player declared went through the draft and then um you know, to be a to be a top pick and just not uh, to be a top five pick and just not go to that team. And I'm right. not. I'm not gonna. What a failure! Yeah, it's a failure on, on the pride's on the part of Cromwell to not like. Did the pride have no idea? Like this is a player that you've worked closely with. You'd have to expect 
that they would draft her with the intent of, all right, hey, like, I've got this other interest, so it's got to be right for me, or I'm going to go take that opportunity. Mm-hmm. I uh, think there's there's a lot but, that we don't know right now. Right, and that's just speculation. Right, I, I think what, when we I even know. Right, when we get a chance to talk with Cromwell about it, and I'm sure people will talk to Cromwell about it. I think there's probably going to be more than just the basically the surface statement that the pride made, which was, you know, very limited. They basically just said we were unable to come to terms with Mia, and we understand her desire to pursue this alternative career opportunity. While we are very disappointed, Mia will not be suiting up in purple this year. We wish her luck in Mexico, and we look forward to having the opportunity to welcome her as a member of the Pride in the future. Which, I mean... Sounds like they're keeping the door open, but there's nothing concrete there, obviously. Yeah, which, I'm never going to fault someone for getting more money somewhere else if it's offered to them like duh mm-hmm. that just that just yeah, makes do sense what's best for you. yeah um but it is it is more of a failure on the pride's part especially given that they do have a surplus of money right now um mm-hmm. yeah they've got a lot of allocation money that they could use to now sign here's, players here's like the we've thing. seen portland doing over the years guys here's the thing we don't know what they're planning on doing they could have a big player lined up i mean if they don't though that's that's kind of a uh <laughs> oopsies yeah that's a bit of an oopsie yeah. if, you, if you let right that's just and, simply and, and giving them the benefit we, we of the will, doubt we, will, we don't know we'll, we'll have to revisit that when it comes down to it but uh, i, I want to be able to move on and get to everything else because there's still a lot uh, we haven't even talked about all the players that they got in the draft so Let's very quickly go through all of the players that the Pride got in the draft outside of me official who now that they just have the rights to. Um, after the fifth pick, they acquired the 10th overall pick from O.L. Reign, and they got uh, Caitlin Cosme out of Duke University out of that pick. Um, Cosme is decent from what I've seen. Uh, you know, a, another good center back that they could possibly have. Um, when it comes to the trade that they made, I don't remember who they gave up for that. Phoebe McLernan. That's right. It was Phoebe McLernan. Thank you. Uh, outside of that, they also got Celia Jimenez Delgado and Leah Pruitt in that trade. So Phoebe McLernan um, apparently won it out of Orlando uh, before she heard uh before Cromwell got the coaching job so uh unfortunate for the pride to lose a uh talented young player but the hope is that Caitlin Cosme will be that player uh the pride also had Julie Doyle from Santa Clara University with the 11th pick she is a forward um quite tall good striker good finisher um again hard to judge with younger players but um, seems to be a, a potential good fit for how Cromwell wants to play, which is probably going to be very similar to how things played out in uh, UCLA. It's just my thoughts. Um, Celia Jimenez and, and Leila Pruitt, both good depth players. Uh, Jimenez is probably a little bit better than Leila Pruitt, I think, in my opinion. Um, but a good return for those players uh, you know, those trades and such. Um, outside of that, the Pride got the 29th overall pick 
they traded the 29th overall pick to North Carolina for the rights to Deanna Rose, who's currently with Reading in the FA Women's Super League. Uh, Rose is absolutely killing it. Canadian international. Um, very, very dominant player on the ball. Very physical. Don't know if she ever comes to Orlando, though. <laughs> Let's just be honest here. Um, there, There is a very limited opportunity for that. And then with the final pick that they had in the 2022 draft, they picked Jada Talley from USC. So if you notice the theme here, Jada Talley, USC, California. Julie Doyle, Santa Clara, also California. Mia Fischel, UCLA, California. So most of the players in the wheelhouse of Amanda Cromwell and what she's been seeing having played against them or with them or coaching them. Julie Doyle, also uh, pretty important for Santa Clara during their national title run. Yes. Yeah, that was 2020. Yep. Very exciting. Also, former Santa Clara alum, Danny Weatherholt, played for the Pride. Yeah, not part of a national title team, though. No, 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 no. Of course not. But just a fun little note. Second ever Santa Clara player to play for Orlando Pride, potentially. The The only outside... Of California player outside of Deanna Rose is uh, Caitlin Cosme from Duke. So that's the pride and all of their draft picks. Onwards to other things that have happened for the Orlando Pride. Obviously, the the draft picks were were big. Um, the trades that they made were also very big, and it certainly looks like it's going to be a very new team. They've also, possibly, because they knew about Mia Fischel's departure, or the not coming aspect of things, uh, they signed Darian, they traded for Darian Jenkins uh, from Kansas City. Gave up 75 k in allocation money and a 2023 draft pick. But they get a player who, guess what, played for UCLA under Amanda Cromwell. So Jenkins, a forward she can score goals. She's 27. Um, hasn't really gotten like two big opportunities with the club she's been with. But again, could be good, very good depth down the road. So, well, I mean, one of the, one of the things I will say that that stands out to me is that in 22 matches, she was only booked once. So, yep. uh, for a team like the Pride, who definitely had a problem with bookings later on in the year, that could be big. Could be, you know, just one of, and just and one here's of those. here's the funny thing, Kansas City, who Weren't just uh, they just hired a new GM, yeah. uh, who traded Darian Jenkins to Orlando. Uh, it's former Orlando Pride defender Cami Levin. She she's was the, one of the first him. players picked by the Orlando Pride in the expansion draft back in 2015, yeah, and is true. now the general manager for Kansas City. Yeah, good on her. Yeah. Speaking of other former. Coaches and players joining Kansas City. Lloyd Yaxley, who left Orlando after five years, has now joined the Kansas City Current as their goalkeeper coach. So this opens up the potential for a brand new coaching staff to be here in Orlando. Now, I've heard some rumblings. Gentlemen, I have heard some rumblings about who they're going to be having for the coaching staff. However, nothing is confirmed yet, so I can't say anything. But, who boy, 
that could be very, very exciting when it comes to who they have. And to be fair to Amanda Cromwell, I asked her who's going to be on your coaching staff. This was probably, what, December 15th or so. Um, She said that, and I quote, she will have some former players and some badass women that will be well-rounded and complement each other very well. Now, the uh, names that I've heard. Go ahead and put my name on. I'm going to say it's not Mark Skinner. You're, you are out. correct. Um, I will say the, the names that I have heard and the names that Amanda Cromwell probably wants, they have history with Amanda Cromwell. Um, they have they have been with her before. And that is all I can say for right now uh, because there is so much up in the air right now. I honestly, there, there were names that I heard, but that can change from when they're announced. So once things come to fruition, uh, I can let you guys know. But for right now, uh, just a tease that there could be some very big names joining the Pride under Amanda Cromwell. And outside of that, guys, I, I don't know if there's anything else that we really need to talk about. I think we've covered just about everything that has happened with Orlando City and Orlando Pride up until today. So, good job, guys. We did it. Uh, we did Outside it. of Austin slaying Amanda um, with his screen grabs. Um, other than that, yeah, we got everything. Anyways, I got to go watch the birds. Uh, the last time the Philadelphia Eagles played Tom Brady in the playoffs, they won Super Bowl 52 by a score of 41-33. Uh, just saying, uh, Tom Brady dropped the pass in that game. Nick Foles caught a touchdown. So There you go. <laughs> well, gentlemen, it has been a pleasure as always. Uh, we will reconvene in either a week or two, depending on what kind of news drops as we prepare for the season to begin. I will probably be out at training on Tuesday to see what it's all about when it comes to uh, the Orlando City start of preseason. So be sure to follow me on Twitter for all of that. So for Gavin Eubank and Brad Newton, I'm Austin David. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Orlando Soccer Show. In our wrap-up of the last month, we'll see you next time. You're dirty brown water trash, and you're always going to be... Dirty brown. Water trash. <laughs>